Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Sunday Morning with Love in Action. I am Ken Tuck. I certainly appreciate you joining me this morning. Has it been cold enough for you this past week? (laughs) Winter has set in in South Alabama, still pales in comparison to what our friends in the Midwest and up north, the East Coast, everything that they get each winter, I'm thankful we don't. Praise God for this opportunity to be on the radio on the Joy FM to share the Word of God with everyone who's listening this morning. And praise God we have more listeners because there's an addition to the Joy FM, and I'm sure you have heard of it. But if you haven't, 101.7 is now part of the Joy FM family, and it's out of Graceville, and it covers a number of communities, cities, towns in Florida, as well as Given the good people in Enterprise, Geneva, Hartford, and other places a stronger signal. So praise God for the growth of the Joy FM. We can get the word out to more and more people. So whether you are listening on 94.3, 96.1, or 101.7, or maybe you have the app, the Joy Alabama Joy FM app, or you're streaming online, however you are listening this morning, thank you for joining me this morning, and I look forward to the time that we have together. And this morning, we're going to talk about witnessing. But before we do, and before we dive into his word, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we rejoice in you. We rejoice in your goodness. We thank you for loving us. Father, we just receive your presence now. We just want to enter in and hear what you have to say to us. So let us have ears to hear what your Spirit is saying to us this morning. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us and to guide us and to direct us into all truths. Father, we thank you this morning that more people are listening to the Joy FM with the expansion of 101.7 to the Joy FM family. Lord, we rejoice in that. And Lord, just ask you to continue to work through these airwaves and across the internet and the apps and every way you give us to get your word out to people, Father God, and help us to be good stewards of that. Lord, we just thank you for everything that you're doing in all of our lives. And we ask you now to just bless this time. Father, I pray that you give me the words to say and that we will be doers of your word, Father God, and not hearers only. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, what we're going to talk about this morning is not an option. It's not something we can say, well, I may do it, or when I feel like doing it, I will. No, it's not an option. It's a command from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The last thing Jesus told his disciples before he ascended to heaven. So he died, he rose again, he showed himself to many believers, to his disciples, and he shared the great commission with them, as we read in Matthew chapter 28, Mark chapter 16. But then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, here's what Jesus tells his disciples just before he ascends to heaven. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He says, you will, twice in that one verse, you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. That power comes from the Holy Spirit and he empowers us to be his witnesses. And we talked about this scripture some last week as we were breaking down the Great Commission. But this term, witnessing, it's a very appropriate term for what we're talking about. And it's commonly used to describe the process of proclaiming our Christian faith to non-believers. As Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, 
We tell others what we have witnessed, what we have experienced or seen of God's grace and goodness. And that's what Jesus is telling us there in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He's telling us to witness about him to everyone, everyone where we live at and around the world. And again, this is not an option. It is a command. People need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. There's 3.2 billion people in this world, yes, billion with a B, who have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what happens if you don't hear the gospel? You don't have an opportunity to give your life to Christ and receive his forgiveness and receive his salvation. And so people are dying and going to hell because they have not heard the gospel. So we have to tell people, and then it's their choice. They have the opportunity if they want to give their lives to Jesus or not. But we have to witness, as Jesus commands us to, and tell them about Jesus. And not just on the other side of the world, which we definitely need to do in, at Love and Action, we do that. But also right here in our own backyard, we need to tell people about Jesus. And Jesus said we would receive power. Now I want you to think about that, that word power that Jesus is talking about. That's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead. That's the power of God we're talking about. The power that created the heavens and the earth and all that's within it, all the stars, all the planets, all the universes, the power of God. We receive his power. And he said that we would be his witnesses because he's empowering us to do so. He didn't say we could be his witnesses. He didn't say if we felt like being his witnesses or if the weather was nice, then we may think about being his witness. No, he said we would receive power and we would be his witness. That's pretty clear, isn't it? I don't see any gray area there. He tells us to. The apostle John, he certainly saw himself as a witness of the gospel. As we read in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, John writes, That which was from the beginning we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we proclaim to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. John was doing exactly what Jesus told him to do. And he's telling us that. The things that he had seen and heard, he, he had touched Jesus, he had been with Jesus. So he's proclaiming that. Now, how many of us have physically seen Jesus and touched him? That would be none of us. But we have seen Jesus move in our lives. We have experienced him. We have experienced his goodness. So we have to share him with others, what he's done in our lives. We can share the gospel, the, the written word with people, being a witness. We witness, we talk about what we have seen, what we have heard Jesus do in our lives. I like the way the John MacArthur Bible commentary breaks down this, this verse here in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He writes, the apostles' mission of spreading the gospel was the major reason the Holy Spirit empowered them. This event dramatically altered world history. The gospel message eventually reached all parts of the earth. The apostles had already experienced the Holy Spirit's saving, guiding, teaching, and miracle work in power. Soon, they would receive his indwelling presence and a new dimension of power for witness. A witness is one who tells the truth about Jesus Christ. The Greek word for witness means one who dies for his faith. 
because that was commonly the practice of witnessing. So let's think about that. Let's think about what Jesus is saying here. He says he gives us power through the Holy Spirit. There are many gifts of the Spirit. We're not going to get into all those gifts right now. But a major reason we were filled, and we are filled, with his Holy Spirit is to have power to witness to others about Jesus. So the Holy Spirit empowers us with the goal of us witnessing to others about Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit gives us that power to witness, to tell others about Jesus, even in the face of extreme persecution. He gives us power to stand firm, even if we're going to be killed for our faith. And we know this happens pretty much daily around the world. There's parts of this world that it's against the law to be a Christian. It's against the law to share your faith. It's against the law to convert from Islam to Christianity. And people face harsh persecution, even death, because they decide to follow Jesus. And how can they do that? Because the Holy Spirit empowers them. So we need to make sure that we are walking in that power, in the power of the Holy Spirit, because what if we're faced? It's happened before in the United States, and it's definitely going to happen again. What if we're faced with the decision to either deny Jesus or keep believing in him and die? Where would your faith stand at that moment? You need to think about that. Martha and I talk about this often when we go on mission trips to parts of this world that's not very hospitable towards Christians. And we talk about what if we get kidnapped? What if we get arrested? You know, what are we going to do? And we pray, Lord, let our faith be strong and not waver. May we always stand firm on you, even in the face of death. And we know the disciples, the apostles, they were martyrs. John was the only one who was not martyred, but he went through a whole lot because of his faith in Jesus Christ and because of his willingness to be a witness. We are to witness about what Jesus has done in our lives. Even though we haven't seen him, we haven't touched him, we can still witness about what he has done. We can witness about his power, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace, his love. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 20, verse 29. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus is telling them, Look, you're believing because you see me, but there's going to be people who believe but have not seen me. And that's where we're at today, right? That's where we've been at since Jesus ascended to heaven. We don't see them, but we believe them. And blessed are those who believe. And the Word of God says, If we do believe, we shall not perish talking about spiritually shall not perish, but have eternal life, John three sixteen, And we have to witness, witness to others about what we believe, why we believe, and how God has moved in our lives. And so how can we witness about Jesus when we haven't seen him physically or audibly heard him? Have you thought about that? How can we witness? And that's something we need to talk about, we need to think about, because the fact is this, 90 to 95%, depending on which study you look at, of people who say they are Christians, professing Christians, have never, ever shared their faith. They've never witnessed. Now, I have my own questions about that, but that's between those people and Jesus. But my thought is, how can you truly have an encounter with Jesus Christ? He saves your soul. You receive his forgiveness, his love, and not tell anybody about it. If you won the lottery, okay, well, maybe that's a bad one because you probably wouldn't tell too many people because of greed out there. But if you had a cure for cancer, a cure for to totally wipe out COVID, you would tell everybody. We have the cure 
for the worst disease in mankind's history, and that is sin. We have to proclaim it. From the top of the mountains to the lowest valleys and everywhere in between, we have to tell people we have the answer to that disease called sin that's sending people to hell every day. We have the answer, and his name is Jesus Christ. And let me tell you what he has done in my life. And witness, tell people about Jesus. And let me assure you about this. A relationship with Jesus Christ is personal. It's between me and Jesus. It's between you and Jesus. But it is very public. While that relationship between us is personal, our relationship is also very public because he tells us to witness. He tells us to tell people about him. You've heard people say, and maybe you've been one of those who say, well, my faith is very personal, and that's why I don't share it with others. Stop believing that lie because that's exactly what it is. We need to share our faith in Jesus Christ with people. Look through the Bible. Do you see anybody being quiet about encountering Jesus? I don't. It's impossible. When we encounter Jesus, we have to share him with others, and we can do so because he has empowered us through his Holy Spirit to do just that. And we can be just like people in the early church. Let's read about that because we see in the first century that they were turning the world upside down through their witness and carrying out the Great Commission that we talk about so often here on Sunday morning with Love and Action. Acts chapter 17, verse 6 And when they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men have turned the world upside down and have come here also. They were looking for Paul and Silas. And when they couldn't find them, they brought some other Christians in. And they said, Look, these people have been turning the world upside down, and now they're here in our community. We can turn Dothan upside down. We can turn the wiregrass upside down. We can turn the tri-state area upside down for Jesus. How? By being his witnesses and by fulfilling the great commission in our lives. Telling people about Jesus, making disciples who can make disciples. That's what they were doing. And that's what we're all called to do. Wouldn't it be cool if the headlines in the paper would say, these people are turning this world upside down? That would be awesome. It can happen if we are obedient. And as you read through Acts, you see obedience after obedience after obedience. They're saying, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do what God has called us to do. And God did amazing things. And he is still doing amazing things today through his people who are being obedient. Now, these first century Christians, they turned the world upside down because they had a sense of urgency about the message of Jesus Christ. Paul even said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, Woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Paul is saying, I have to preach the gospel. There's people who are dying and going to hell. I have to preach the gospel. And I felt that way before. I felt that way that if I'm not doing what God has brought me into this world to do, and that's to tell others about Jesus and to make disciples, then I'm not living a full life. I'm not living the life God has called me to live and has called each one of us to live because there are people dying and going to hell every day. There's an urgency about sharing Jesus with others. And we have to have that urgency, just as the Apostle Paul and those early Christians did. And we have to understand that all Christians are witnesses. This isn't just for an evangelist, a missionary, a pastor. This is for all believers. If you believe Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're a follower of Jesus then you're a witness. There's no arguing that fact. 
It's in the Bible. We are all witnesses for Jesus. So we need to be sharing Jesus by our lives, by our word. We're either doing that or we're not doing that. Now, there are positive witnesses of Jesus and there are negative witnesses of Jesus. And some just keep silent. And again, I address that. That's, that's an impossibility. If you have encountered Jesus Christ, you can't be quiet about that. You got to share that. But I mentioned that some examples can be negative. What would be some negative examples? Well, if I say that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, but I live like the devil, then that's not a very good witness, is it? People say, well, I can do all that and not have to go to church. <laughs> you know, if I'm, if I'm a believer in Jesus Christ, and I am, I believe in Jesus as my Lord and Savior. But if I was out going to wild parties or, or out breaking laws, or if my language was filled with profanity, that's not a good witness. So if somebody hears me say I'm a Christian, but they see me doing these things, then they're saying to themselves, there's no difference between a Christian and somebody who's not a Christian. See, when we become believers, there should be a difference in us. Our lifestyles has changed. And it's not about I can't do this or I can't do that. My life is so much more fun since I gave up those desires of my flesh and started to follow Jesus. I'm not perfect, people. Please understand that. But I follow Jesus, and I love him. And let me tell you, it is so much better than the lifestyle I lived before I came to Jesus Christ. And I have to be a witness of that. And my life should show that, should show that transformation that has taken place because of Jesus Christ. So let's don't be a negative witness. Let's be a positive witness and show people that Jesus is real, that he's alive, and he's living in us and because he does, when things go crazy, we can remain calm. We always have an uplifting, encouraging word for somebody. We're serving others. We're setting the example that Jesus has set us. So each of us, you and me, all of us, need to seek a more vibrant relationship with Jesus so people will realize that we have been with Jesus, that we are believers. Acts chapter 4, verse 13, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Can people tell that you've been with Jesus? Can people tell that you're a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ? Can they? Just think about that. In witnessing, our example is essential. Our lives must reflect our profession of faith. And that's what I was talking about, the positive and negative witness, that we can either be a positive or a negative witness of Christ. If our lives reflect the profession of our faith, then that's a positive witness. If it doesn't, that's a negative witness. And we need to repent and come back to Jesus. But by our example, we establish credibility and build confidence and trust which prepares the way for presenting Christ to people. When people know they can trust us, when they see that we are constantly living this life that we profess that we do, that does build up credibility, and it does build confidence. And when people have that, then they will be open to listen to us talk to them about Jesus Christ. So the way we live, our example, is so, so important. However... We do need more than an example. 
There's no substitute for the witness who verbalizes the facts of the gospel. We have to talk about it as well. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Did you hear that last part? God has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. How does that make you feel when you think about that? Almighty God has entrusted this ministry, this message of reconciliation to you and to me. That's awesome. And that's extremely humbling that our Heavenly Father would want to do that. Because the fact of the matter is, He does not need us because He's God. Who witnessed to Abraham? God. You know, that's just one example. God is God. He can do what he wants to do, but he's a good father. He's our Abba Father, our Daddy. And a good daddy wants his children to be involved in what he's doing. And so he's wanting us to be part of this reconciling man and women, boys and girls, to him because that relationship was broken by sin. But now, through Jesus Christ, we can come back to him and we have been entrusted with that message to tell others about him. And that is awesome. That's the highest calling we could ask for. Listen to what Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 1 through 5. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain, for I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. That's the message we're to tell people about. Jesus died for our sins, he was buried, and he rose again to give all who believe eternal life. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Jesus, that's the name we're saved by. There's no other name that we're saved by. And we have to get that message out to people. And we do that through witnessing. A Christian witness objectively witnesses by sharing the facts of the gospel. So we have a witness that we do objectively, and that's through sharing the facts of the gospel. But we also witness subjectively by sharing his or her own experiences in Jesus Christ. So you see, we share the facts of the gospel, and we share our experience, our testimony, and we should not look past the value and potential effectiveness of our own testimony. The simple fact of the matter is the first real impression some people will get concerning the power of Christ to transform a life will be through seeing and hearing about what Jesus has done for us. That's where our testimony comes into play. We are the only Bible some people will ever read. My mom used to tell me that when I was a teenager and I didn't take time to pay attention to what she was talking about. Because, you know, as a teenager, I knew everything, right? Wrong. But she would tell me that. We are the only Bible some people will ever read. I understand what she was saying now. Not everybody's going to pick up the Bible and read it. They're going to look at me 
because they know that I confess to be a Christian. Therefore, how I live my life reflects what Jesus is like to them. So if people are looking at us and we're the only Bible they're reading, we have to ask ourselves this question. What are they reading when they look at us and when they hear us talk? Are we setting that example? Are we being the witness that Jesus commanded us to be? And when a life is transformed by Jesus Christ, this is what happens. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone. Behold, the new has come. When we come to Jesus, our lives are transformed. The old kin was gone. When I gave my life to Jesus, the new kin came because of Jesus. And that's that rebirth. That's being born again. So since that time in 1989 to today, I've been growing in Christ and learning more and more about my Savior and falling more and more in love with him and sharing him with others. That's what he calls us to do. Paul, he set such a great example in many ways including in sharing his testimony. He shared his Damascus experience over and over again. And there's three key ingredients when we look at Paul's testimony. And this is how our testimony should, should look. Number one, what was life like before I received Jesus Christ? Number two, how did I meet Jesus? How did I receive him? What were the circumstances? How did I come to Jesus and give my life to him? And then what has life been like since I received him? So what life was like before him, how and when I came to Jesus, and how my life has been since him. And there should be a transformation. There has to be a transformation. And if not, we need to go back to meeting Jesus and letting him transform our lives. But that testimony is so powerful because when we're talking to people who know nothing or very little about Jesus, they don't know who Paul is. They don't know who Peter is. They really don't know who Jesus is. But they know you. They know me. They can see us. They can touch us. So we start sharing our testimony. It means so much to them because we are real people to them. Now, you and I know that Jesus, Peter, Paul, those in the Bible are real people too. But they haven't made it to that point yet. But our testimony can help bring them to that point. So our testimony is so powerful. And we need to share it with others our testimony of how we came to Christ. And then we have many other testimonies that we can share with that first one of sharing how we came to Christ, how our life was before, how we came to him, and what life has been like since. That's the testimony that's going to touch lives, going to change lives. And let me qu close with two quotes here today. One is from my mom. Everybody calls her Mama Tuck. She always says, a talk talks and a walk walks, but a walk talks louder than a talk talks, <laughs> a tongue twister. And she says it much, much faster than I just did. But what she is saying is that we can talk about how we live for Jesus, but the way we live our lives, that walk, that's going to speak much louder than what we're talking about. And then Billy Graham, he wrote this on witnessing. And it's stuck with me for many years now. He wrote, We are stewards of the gospel. The power to proclaim the greatest news in heaven and earth was not given to angels. 
It was given to redeemed men. Every Christian is to be a witness. Every follower of Christ is to preach the gospel. We can preach by sharing our experiences with others. We can preach by exalting Christ in our daily lives. Sermons which are seen are often more effective than those which are heard. The truth is, the best sermons are both heard and seen. So let's make sure that we are living for Jesus. People can see by the way we live that we are followers of Christ. But let them also hear it in our language and what we talk about and how we talk about, how we talk to others, and in sharing our testimonies and sharing Jesus with others. Let's be obedient to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because when we are, amazing things happen. People get saved. People get delivered. People come to Jesus. Nothing's more important than that. Well, we are out of time. We're going to end right there today. But I just want to say thank you again for joining me this morning. Remember, always remember, Jesus loves you. And I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you. That he'll cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. That he will lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.